Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every single step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Send the tweets, send the hot takes at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. It was one of the wildest interviews I've ever done in my entire life. Old Paulnies joining us less than 20 minutes ago, where I was confused throughout the entire ordeal. Now, I'll tell you this, before I get to that, i got to bring in Nick Theodoro because we have to do, or we have to say, what the top five is going to be coming up at 1.20 p.m. Eastern. Nick! Hey, Ken, how's it going? I'm doing well, my friend. Good afternoon to you, or good morning, whether or not you're still in Pacific time. Did you have a good 4th of July, friendo? Yeah, from what I remember, it was pretty good. What'd you end up? Oh, did you go get a couple of drinks in you, did you? Yeah, something like that. Ah, a couple of dozen? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little less. I'm doing all right. right. There you go. There you go. Did you get any of the liquor in you? <laughs> Say that again? Did you get any of the liquor in you? Did you get any of the creature in you? Uh, eh, somewhat, not yeah. that much. Yeah, it takes a lot for me to, you know, because oh. I'm a big guy, so, you know, it takes a lot. He's got the you raccoon know. eyes this morning. Okay. Or no, I should say right. this afternoon. Got okay. here bright and early. Yeah, I dig it. I dig it. All right, Nick, what is the top five subject today? Okay, today we're going to go with uh, the top five late night hosts of all time. Oh, my God, you magnificent bastard. Okay, that's a good one. Uh, now, is that anywhere? Because, I, I mean, hell, I'm from Cleveland. Gallardi would probably be number one, wouldn't he? Well, I was thinking more on a national level. On a national yeah, scale? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, yeah. fine, fine. Top five late night local, hosts will be. No, 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 no. Right, but the we'll people in Cleveland, then. it would have to be Gallardi. Well, no, it would be if I were going to do it, one would be Gallardi, two would be Big Chuck and Little John. Now, I never got to see Gallardi. I got to see the old episodes of Gallardi. Uh, thanks to a couple of friends, but then I got to see Big Chuck and Little John as a, as a small child. You don't know anything about that, so I'll stop, but they are legends here, Nick. Yeah, in Cleveland. Never, heard, never heard of any of them. Oh, my God. Look, you know what? I'll text you because there's certain things that they used to do when you and I were children. I'm a little older than you, so when I was children, when I was a child that I don't think you get away with on television today. Okay? Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Send it to me. Uh, okay. I'll check it out. Eight five five two one two four CBS. All right, we just had Olden Polonies on. Where hey, I I wonder if Olden had been sitting on some thoughts for a while, 
and maybe somebody hadn't asked him these questions in a while, and away he went. I have no idea. I can't explain heads or tails of it. I had I was totally confused, and if that's my fault, again, folks, I apologize. I really do sincerely apologize to you. I was totally confused by it, and, and I do apologize to you. But for him, and for a lot of folks, the messenger isn't always going to be perfect. Olden, o- we've had an old Paul Nice on the show a, a few times, and Olden's, Olden's always been great, so I assumed that he was everything was going to be great and fantastic, and it, it went in a different direction. The messenger is rarely perfect. Olden wasn't perfect. Olden had a lot of things he had to get off his chest. I think that's the way a lot of people probably feel today. It just, And I'm not talking about today as of July 5th. I'm talking across the country since 2020 began. It's been a tough year in a lot of ways. I'm just kind of looking forward to 2021, and I think a lot of people are too. It's kind of like we feel we're going to take a bath on this one and we're just going to move on to 2021. So we can't put it in the rearview mirror fast enough. But there are certain things that come to light here. And and one of the things that I kept getting yesterday, and I, I did more of the Redskins conversation yesterday than I wanted to do today, and I'm only going to do this here for a little bit today. At least I hope to. We'll see where the calls take us. We got Jordan Dijani joining us in 40 minutes, and he's one of my favorites. And we got the top five coming up at 120. We'll see where it goes. But one of the things I kept getting yesterday, and I didn't understand this because – you know, I saw Michael David Smith's tweet on the Redskins, and I thought it was—I thought it was a great tweet. I thought it, it made a ton of sense. It really did. I got nothing against Michael David Smith, a pro football talk. I thought it, it made total sense. Hey, listen, Native Americans have been asking the Redskins to change their name for a long time—a long time. Now, all of a sudden, Nike and FedEx want to get in on it, and now the Redskins are listening. Dan Snyder's listening to change their name. I take that seriously. And I think you need to take his tweet seriously because that's where you affect change when it comes to professional sports, when it comes to almost anything professionally. If you want to get change going, you don't contact the station. You don't contact You don't contact your, your local congressman of all times. You don't contact team headquarters. You can go right down there to team headquarters in Washington or Landover, Maryland, and you can make your signs, and you can stand out there, and you can pick it, and you can protest, and people have. But if you want to get something done, you contact corporate sponsors. And the thing that I kept getting yesterday was, well, Nike, you know, they're not perfect, Ken. They are not perfect. You look at their, you look at their working conditions. FedEx, my goodness, the tax avoidance that they've had. And I thought, okay, yeah, that, that's, that's fair, but two wrongs all of a sudden don't make a right. If Nike can affect change and can affect change for the positive. Listen, I'm not worked up about the Redskins' name. I'm not Native American. I know that there's plenty of people around me who are pretty worked up over the name. I know there's plenty of Native Americans that are pretty worked up over the name. They'd like the name to be changed. So if it offends a multitude of people, I'm not personally offended, but I can understand where they're offended. I haven't been pounding this table for the last two days about changing the name. I didn't pound the table when it happened last year, and I didn't pound the table when it happened the year before. If it offends a multitude of people, pro sports is not in the business of taking a stand to say that you're a snowflake if you're offended by this. That's not what pro sports is trying to do. That's not what Dan Snyder's trying to do. They're trying to get you... And what Olden says, there was some truth in there. They're trying to get you to be distracted for a little bit. Have fun with with your fellow fans. 
find something that that has a emotional connection. People from D.C., they're represented by the Washington Redskins. They're going to have an emotional connection with them. And when they change that name, they'll have an emotional connection with that name. Listen, Nike is not infallible. But just because the messenger isn't perfect, because the messenger is never perfect, doesn't mean that some good, and that's in the eye of the beholder in this instance, that some good can't come from it. That's the thing I don't understand. Yes, Nike has had some very bad things in press over the last 30 years. FedEx has had some bad things in the press over the last 30 years, even though they seem to be relatively clean. But when you affect the business, when you talk to the sponsors, then that's when you're going to get a change. When the sponsors are uncomfortable, whether that might be hypocritical to you or not, that doesn't matter because it's their money that matters to the organization. It's their money that matters to that team. And so while Nike and FedEx are not perfect, it's their money that matters to the Washington Redskins, and it's because of them, not because of all the conversations that we've had on the radio and and, and the op-eds by John Feinstein and and all the other things that that we have talked about over the last few years, or really the last decade plus now, because this has been brought up every single summer. It's not because of that. It's because corporate sponsors brought it in. They, They got rid of the trademark. That still didn't even bother them. But when you got names and faces and brands on the side of the building who are corporate partners, who they give sweets to, who they get money from, who they who they have a business relationship with. That's when you're going to get your change. That's not just real life. That's, that's business. That's the way America works. I brought this up last month when it came to NASCAR. NASCAR thought about doing away with the Confederate flag back in the 90s. NASCAR didn't really need a whole bunch of people coming to them for sponsorships because they already had a bunch of people come to them for sponsorships. Dale Earnhardt, Jeff Gordon, these guys were major stars. Rusty Wallace, major stars. They sold out 200,000-plus seat racetracks to go watch racing. Now you're lucky to get 30,000 in some of these places. When I was a kid, and I used the NASCAR experience with this because there is no sport that's more beholden to sponsorship dollars than auto racing. When I was a kid, the number three Goodwin Chevrolet, you knew who drove that. The number 24 DuPont Chevrolet, you knew who drove that one. The number six Valvoline Ford, you knew who drove that one. It was synonymous. The name, the colors, the sponsorship, they were synonymous with the brand. Now it's changed. Now there's as many as four or five different sponsors on their main cars, on their main stars cars. Jimmy Johnson isn't even associated with Lowe's Home Improvement anymore. And there's different sponsors for those cars. And now NASCAR goes out with their hands there, and a lot of companies are saying, uh, it's, it's 2020. The Hondas and the Chryslers of the world and the other brands that might want to get into NASCAR. It's 2020. A lot of people are uncomfortable with this. What are you doing about this? They make changes. Listen, Bubba Wallace had something to do with it. Make no doubt about it. But this has been a conversation that's been going on for a long time, and they've known that they've left dollars on the table. And if they feel, if the NFL, and certainly if Dan Snyder, who's a businessman and will always be, that's the bottom line, a businessman, as much of a Washington fan as he is and as much as he loves the team that he owns and he grew up as a fan, he is a businessman first and foremost. The reason he was able to make his money is because of cold, calculated business. And the man might be too emotional, he might be too much of a fan, and he has gotten in the way of his franchise many, many, many times over. He has left people employed just because of who their father was. 
because he loved their dad when he was a kid. But when you mess with his money, that's when you're going to change things. And you can say that's wrong, and a lot of ways it is. But if you wanted the change, that's how you get the change. When you mess with the sponsors, when you mess with the corporate entities, that's when you'll get what you want. So with Nike and with FedEx, none too thrilled about this. I see Ron Rivera. He's sitting down with Dan Snyder. They're coming up with some nicknames today. Can't imagine what they're going over. Would love to see some of the ideas that they have because whether I like it or not or whether you like it or not, and we could sit there and we can get on the phones and I can throw out the numbers and I can call people I can, I can call people racist and you can call people snowflakes and vice versa. We can do all that. It's getting changed. And, and while we take these stands and we could be upset about it now, I really don't think a damn one of you are really going to change your stance over your favorite professional sports franchises just over their names. I'm willing to bet that the overwhelming majority of people who are Washington Redskins fans, and even the ones who say, I will not be a Washington Redskins fan, if they change that nickname, I will no longer be a fan. I think they say that. I want to know what happens when it comes down to nut-cutting time. I want to know what happens when they go back to the playoffs. They always could. I mean, it is Washington. Who knows? But they could go back to the playoffs. And if they do that, are you going to stand there on in, in your living room? I don't watch Washington football anymore. They went away with the Redskins. There will be an Uncle Bob somewhere who does that. But I think a lot of people will go, eh, I'm still in Washington, and in the back of their minds, they know a good time, and we want to hang out with people, and we all want to have a good time together, and that's what sports does for us. Hey, I was this way in Cleveland, and we'll bring it up tomorrow on my morning show, and I'll have to say the same thing. When we went over the Chief Wahoo logo, listen, I grew up with the Chief Wahoo logo. The first thing I saw, I've shared the story many times, Came up 77 from Canton, my first ever baseball game I ever went to. Cleveland Municipal Stadium. Five years old, sat down the third baseline, had a foot-long hot dog, which, yeah, I know what I look like now. I didn't look like that then. That was not a precursor. There were other things that got involved there. But had a foot-long hot dog, met Little John, a big Chuck and Little John. That puts a nice bow on things there, Nick. And I see the Cleveland Indians. Beat the Texas Rangers 13-9. Albert Bell hit the first home run I ever saw. Albert Bell that day became my favorite player. So, yes, it did break my heart when I saw the video of him going number one in a spring training, or a spring training what he turned into a bathroom out in the parking lot looking like Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, our sports heroes don't always stay that way. And at that day, I became an Indians fan. I'm from Northeast Ohio. They're the local team. It's shooting fish in a barrel. And I never forget the first time we're going down East 9th, and we're going up the road, and we're going up towards the lake. And I look over, and I look outside of my, my, uh, the back window of my uncle's Buick, and there it is, the great big chief Wahoo there. And he's got the bat, and it says the Cleveland Indians. It's the biggest stadium I've ever seen in my life. And that logo, to me as a kid, was awesome. was awesome. Me as an adult at 30-plus years old, who's talked to more people than I've ever spoken to in my entire life, I understand that, yeah, there are some people who are really upset by it. And I asked myself this, this question a couple years ago when they got rid of the logo. Am I going to stop being a fan of baseball in Cleveland over a logo? No, I'm not. I'm not. Now as a father... If they change the name of the Cleveland Indians, 
and they changed it to, I kind of like the Guardians. I really don't like the Spiders, folks. I'm sorry. I know that we're on in Cleveland. I'll say it again tomorrow. I don't care for the Spiders nickname. It's just ugh, creepy to me. I wish we could go to something else. Guardians, I don't like anything with rock anymore. It's almost like we, we do too much of it. It seems too easy. You want to think of something else, you go ahead and think of something else. Guardians seem to be okay. There's a couple other ideas out there. And, yeah, I know there's one joke out there, but I'm not going to do it. Am I really going to stop being a fan of the Cleveland baseball team, or would I rather just have baseball in Cleveland? I'd rather have baseball in Cleveland. I'd rather have baseball in my hometown. And pro sports know that. Am I going to say that I'm not going to take my son, Axel, next year when, when hopefully we can go back into stadiums? Am I not going to take Axel? to the baseball game if it's the Cleveland Guardians instead of the Cleveland Indians? No. And I'm willing to bet that most of the people I'm talking to, the vast majority of people I'm talking to, that when it comes down to it, if you're in my situation, 34-year-old dad of three, you're taking the oldest son to the first football game, the first baseball game, the first whatever. You're really not going to do that because of the name of the team that's changing? You're that steadfast in it? You're going to stand on that hill? just don't think it's worth it. And I think when it comes down to it, you'll know that it's not worth it either. 855-2124-CBS, would you really leave your team over the name? And what should the new name be? It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Coming up in just about 20 minutes, Jordan Dejani going to join us, CBS Sports NFL writer. We'll talk NFL with him. People are in 855-2124-CBS. Cleaning up some of the other stuff before we get back into the uh, whole name thing. Kevin in Michigan. Kevin, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Hey, just recently discovered your show, and I'm, I'm enjoying it. Now, um, I wanted to comment on something that your last guest said. He, he said there's racism in every race. And I sort of understand what he's saying. You know, there are those racial biases that are natural. And when you don't like me because I'm black, you know, so what? Depending on my personality, it might hurt my feelings a little bit. But when that dislike has some power because it's been institutionalized, it might affect my livelihood, might affect my freedom, or might affect my mortality. That's the real issue, and that's what sometimes gets lost in the translation. Oh, Kevin, I think, I, I think you're right about that, and I thank you very much for the call. I, I think when, you, when, when racism is put into action, it's obviously a very ugly thing, and it can be a tragic thing as well. When it comes to what Olden was saying, I was simply confused a little bit. That's all. And, again, if it were my fault, and I, I'll have to go back and listen to it, I apologize. I have no idea. I was just confused. I was simply confused. Uh, I think Olden himself noticed that he was being a little bit confusing towards the end of the interview because we were talking about two separate things. Because when we're talking about – when it comes to the virus, first off, like there is a time where – this is difficult to say. I think that we're gonna have to we're gonna have to reach a point where we live with this and we deal with this, and then eventually it dissipates over time as medicine and as science are able to take care of it. And while we live with it, I think people are gonna want to go back to their natural lives. When it comes to social unrest, you know, Kyrie Irving brought this up a, a, a few weeks ago when the NBA was talking about co- starting to come back, and Kyrie Irving brought this up, and the first person to talk to him about this was was a guy Bomani Jones who said, listen, this is not a, a three-, four-week thing. This is a decades-long situation that we're, that we're about to jump into here. This is not going to happen overnight. And it's true. When I go back to those, those shows that we did a few weeks ago, I, I watched the, documentary watch the documentaries about Watts. I watched the documentaries about Detroit in, the ni- in 1968 and the early 1970s. 
I thought I knew. I had no idea. I did not know any of this stuff until it was right at my own doorstep in 2020. And so the one thing that we do get from being as connected as we are now is that we do, there will be something in there that helps us understand each other. There will be plenty of people who dig their heels in, which is unfortunate, but there will be a lot of things that we try to understand each other about. So over the course of time, yes, I hope it's better than what it was in 30 years, what it was 30 years ago, because 30 years ago, my dad could just turn off the news and that was the end of it. Now you can't turn off the news and that's the end of it. It's right there on our Facebook. It's right there on our phones. It's right there on our Twitter and our Instagrams and our Snapchats and whatever else we're doing now. So now if it's there and I'm forced to have the conversation, then it changes that. And hopefully it changes some of those outlooks. But when it came to the conversation with with Olden, maybe it was a little bit lost in translation. Uh, Hank, Clemson, South Carolina. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Hey, uh, two points. Uh, first, th- I want to talk about the bubble, but I, first I want to make a comment about the name change. Yeah. Um, the reason why the uh, Redskins have to change it is the same reason that Clemson had to change the names from some of the buildings down here for guys that were promote- promoted slavery is because it's unfair to put your players and coaches in a position where they're constantly being asked about it and having to defend the decision to do something uh, that's racist. And uh, they would never allow a name to be the white skins, the black skins, or the brown skins. And why we ever allowed the red skins to begin with just shows how uh, back in the times we were when they allowed that name to happen. Uh, We're at a much more evolved place now, so just Mm -hmm. do the right thing, make the change. And I'm glad that these uh, sponsors and all the people with power and influence or putting their their foot on Dan Snyder's neck, so to speak, to make him do it. And as far as the bubble goes, I think it's going to be a total disaster because Florida is a total hot spot. You're not testing any of these people that are going in and out of the bubble as far as the employees. I mean, they are, but it's not like every day. And a lot of people remain asymptomatic, like uh, 90-some percent uh, remain asymptomatic, an average of, 11.7 days after they contract it. So you get all these maids and people going in there, and the players are not going to go be walking around without, I mean, with masks on. They're going to think they're insulated because that's the way they are. Um, You know, they're going to think that they're bulletproof being in that bubble, and it's going to spread like wildfire. And once it breaks out inside that, it's actually going to be worse being in the bubble because you're not going to have any escape from it. So I just think. I, I think no. I, I think you're the first. The first opinion you have, I th- I love that opinion. The second opinion, just because I agree with you, doesn't mean I'm right or you're right, whatever. Sure. But uh, the first opinion you have, I love it. The second opinion, you know, I talked to Michael Lee about that a couple of weeks ago on this show, and he basically said the same thing you did. He thinks it can work, but he thinks that it, he thinks it's something that they're they're going to have to get through because, I mean, you're talking about twenty. James Harden's going to be down there. We're talking about twenty something year old men who make millions and millions and millions of dollars and are not told no. You think they're going to stay there? And well, we have we have all these entertainers coming. Yeah, and I'm sure they're just going to say, "Okay, I'm going out." And it, I I I I do worry about it a little bit. And Hank, I I, I do got to go because I want to get to another sure. call. And thank you very much for the call. Um, I I feel the same way Michael Lee does. I mean, Michael Lee, not to be unfeeling about it, Michael Lee chuckled because these are twenty-something-year-old men. First off, when you were twenty, you didn't think you were getting anything. You didn't take anything seriously. Add on millions of dollars to that. You think that those guys take that that seriously? They feel that they are in great shape and they will be perfectly fine even if they get it. 
Now, there will be plenty of people who are upset about that. Hey, I'm not a perfect messenger. Don't shoot me over it. That's the point. As far as the name change, I, I think what, what Hank says is about as easy as it gets. I don't want to have to sit there as a fan, and I don't think that, that professional sports teams want to make their fans have to go through mental gymnastics to explain why names mean that much to them. If they just change the name, if I'm in Chicago, are you really not going to be a Blackhawks fan if they change the name of the Chicago Blackhawks? I will still be a fan of the Cleveland baseball team when, and I underline when, they change the name of the Indians. I've just accepted it's going to happen. I'm okay. as long I'd rather just have baseball in Cleveland. I'm more worried about that. So as a Cleveland baseball fan, if they change the name to the Guardians, even, I hate the name Spiders. I hate it. But if they change it, I'll learn to live with it. I'll learn to live with it, and I'll be a Cleveland Spiders fan. It's better than the alternative. It's better than not having baseball. And they know. What am I going to do? Am I really going to say my – nope, Axel, I can't take you to a baseball game. Well, why? Oh, I changed the name of the team, and I don't like that. They know I'm not going to do that. They know that. And they know that a lot of guys like me aren't going to do that. Get to Michael in Oregon. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead, Michael. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Glad to have you. Uh, I'm with you on the on the historical feeling part because I grew up in Cleveland just uh, earlier than you. I saw Gaylord Perry pitch. I saw Reggie and all the Yankees. Uh, saw wow, Perry you saw Bob. Gaylord when everybody hated Gaylord. Wow. Oh, yeah, but it was so fun to watch him. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I Go saw ahead. Bob, Bobby Bonds hit a home run, Barry's father. Yeah. So I know what you're saying, and that Wahoo sign when you walk in, it's just it's one of those things. And changing the name, no matter what they put in, for people like us that are real Indians fans, it's going to be, oh, yeah, it's okay, or it's horrible. You know, that's how you're going to feel. Uh, so here's my question to you. Mm-hmm. What if they did, and I'm saying this because of the activity down in Florida State recently. Yeah. What if they changed the name to the Iroquois? That is a thought. That is something it, – it, and I, I love what you bring up. Someone brought this up yesterday too, Michael, that it, you know under one nation, like the Seminole Nation, they brought the, Sem- they brought the Seminole Nation to the table and they came to an agreement with Florida State. If you well, and, and in one center it, it yeah. keeps it close to Indians and it, it honors the, the tribe. I mean, yeah. the, the airport tribe. I, I still think that they would rather – boy, it's a touchy thing to say. I don't Because, remember, Florida State is still a state-run – it's a state-run institution, state-ran institution. So it's about it's supposed to be about higher education, right? Right. The Cleveland Indians and, and the Washington Redskins and so on, they're there to make money. They're there to be entertainment and to make money. So then you're giving them a seat at the table to take a piece of your pie. Some owners are not going to be cool with that. And when, no. when it comes to the state, the state will always run the institution of Florida State University. Ownership changes. So if Paul Dolan says, okay, let's let's bring the Iroquois Nation in here, let's sit them at the table, and let's come together in agreement with each other. Okay, what if Paul Dolan sells the team in three years? Yeah. I mean, contracts are meant and to it, be broken. So that, that becomes a risky thing in a lot of ways. That's why I think they'll probably just go away from the entire vibe altogether. Well, you are totally right. The Spiders is horrible, and the Guardians <laughs> isn't much better. <laughs> Michael, thank you Come very much. Something. Thank you very much for the call. I'm I'm warm to Guardians. I'm warm to Guardians. Spiders. Hey, again, I'm. I'm it's not like I'm not going to take my kid to a Cleveland Spiders game. I will take him to cl- see the Cleveland Spiders versus the Pittsburgh Pirates in interleague baseball or the Boston Red Sox or whatever. 
I'll, it'll take some getting used to, but I'd get used to it. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Coming up next, Jordan DeJohnny is going to join us on the show, CBS Sports NFL writer. The Patriots have Cam Newton. Does that make them one of the favorites now? It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4227. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. Get this. It's brought to you by the fine folks at GEICO. They can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Just check them out at GEICO.com. I think that's like 24-7, too. Yeah, they do a great job over there at GEICO. Joining us right now on the hotline. Coming up at 120, we'll do the top five. Did I lose my list? No, there it is. We'll do the top five uh, greatest late-night talk show hosts of all time. That was given to me by the great Nick Theodoro. That's coming up at 1.20 p.m. Eastern. Also, rooting for Belichick is like rooting for Darth Vader. But let me tell you why I am this year. That coming up at 1. But joining us right now on the hotline, a man who puts sunscreen on his head, and rightfully so, Jordan Dejani. CBS Sports NFL writer. Follow him on Twitter at Jordan Dejani. Jordan, thanks for joining us today. Hey, hey, Ken. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on. I'm glad to have you. There were people who were already critical of your photo yesterday where you were drinking seltzer booze. Please explain yourself. I don't have a problem with it, but if you feel you need to explain yourself, go right on ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Here's the thing. Alcohol is alcohol, and um, I don't know why we have this criticism where if something tastes a little fruity and then we like the taste of it, I don't understand why it's less manly to drink that. I like dark ales. I like liquor, and I'll, I'll drink it all. I think it's completely fine. Uh, that being said, I'm also pushing toward getting a sponsorship with Truly. I'd like if they sponsored me because a lot of my money goes to them anyway. So uh, that was kind of just a ploy right there. If you can get two birds stoned at once, I mean, really, why wouldn't you, Jordan? I mean, it's just good business, isn't it? I, I think you're right about something like that. And, hey, I've had the White Claws. I've tried the White Claws. They aren't too terribly bad. Let's be serious about this. So I have no problem with it. And, I no, I don't I think it affects your masculinity whatsoever if you have a Truly or a Dozen. That's no big deal. So I hope you had a good time on your 4th of July celebration. It looked like you were having a good time, Jordan. Will Patriots fans be having a good time in the 2020 football season with Cam Newton, though? Yeah, that's a loaded question because, to be honest with you, I have, I have a lot of concerns about his shoulder. He had to change up his entire throwing motion last offseason after being shut down in the 2018 season. Um, and he only played two games last year, of course, due to the foot injury. But he didn't look very good in those two games, right? He didn't even throw one touchdown as the Panthers started with losses uh, to the Rams and Buccaneers, I believe. But I came across a stat that I do find very interesting that really says the Patriots should be excited about the 2020 season. And that's because teams that add a former NFL QB that made the playoffs or who made the playoffs in the previous season do pretty well. We're talking about the Broncos, Peyton Manning, 13 and three, Brett Favre, and then 2009, 12 and four, Joe Montana, Ken Stabler. Those guys are all, were all successful uh, when joining a new team. So I guess that gives the Patriots some reason to be excited. Jordan Johnny joining us on the show. I, I do like Cam Newton. I, I yeah, obviously I see the I I'm not on Instagram, but I've been sent the Instagram videos. He looks like he's uh, he looks like he's Lou Ferrigno's brother. He's looking great. I do worry about the arm the same way you do. I think it's just a great marriage with Belichick. And I'm going to give away what I can sell coming up in the next segment. But I find myself rooting for the Patriots because I, I've started to pick up this sentiment of tanking is the right thing to do, and I think it's just an excuse for fans to. to have an excuse that their teams are a bunch of losers out there. I like that Belichick refuses to go out there and quote-unquote tank it out for a, for a better quarterback for the future for his franchise. 
Yeah, 100%. And to be honest with you, I don't even know if the Patriots could tank if they went out there with Jared Stidham. Not because Jared Stidham's some kind of star, but their defense is so elite as it is. So any kind of those rumors about Trevor Lawrence to the Patriots and them tanking before they signed Cam Newton were just absolutely ludicrous to me. And like you said, I like the fact that the Patriots are trying to compete. And, and here's the thing. Cam Newton is 100% motivated. He looks great. He's hungrier than ever. I do believe all that. But still, to me, it just goes back to that shoulder, that, that new throwing motion that he hasn't even had for a full season yet. Um, I, I guarantee you he's hungry, but we're going to find out pretty quick if he's still the same MVP quarterback he was in Carolina. Tennessee was 9-7 and seven last year. They got all the way to the AFC Championship game. It's another year of Derrick Henry. It's another year of Ryan Tannehill. It's another chance for defenses to figure those two out. Will we see the same type of performance from the Tennessee Titans this year? Will they be even better in 2020? You know, it's a good question. And I'm trying to figure out why the NFL world and why Vegas in particular is low on the Tennessee Titans entering this season because I think their win total, their win over under is like 8.5 or so. I mean, this is a team that literally went to the AFC championship game just a few months ago. I mean, it, it, was, it was pretty impressive. And the other thing is they didn't really lose many pieces. They, of course, lost quarterback Logan Ryan. They lost right tackle Jack Conklin, but they made it up with their first-round pick. First pick. Um, so I think the Titans are going to be good again. But, again, it's, it's going to be hard for them to upset the likes of the Kansas City Chiefs or the Baltimore Ravens, two teams that they did beat last year. Uh, so I think they're, they're going to be a good team, but I think there's going to be a lot of good teams in the AFC, but only two great ones in the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and Baltimore Ravens. How much of an advantage <laughs> – this is an easy question for you to answer. How much of an advantage is a team that has Andy Reid, Belichick, even Bill O'Brien? I know that that's kind of a weird one to say with the even thing, but with an experienced head coach, with what we're seeing in this offseason, how much of an advantage are those teams at right now? It's absolutely everything, if you ask me. And I'm glad you brought this up because we should be watching those teams that have younger head coaches, first-year guys, compared to how Bill Belichick and Andy Reid, they orchestrate their, their teams heading into this regular season, this unprecedented time. I mean, just when it comes to the experience of what to do during an offseason, uh, all the tasks that you have to get take care of before you head to training camp and then the preseason being shortened heading into the regular season, that experience is usually everything and even more so this offseason. Joe Burrow, two is a different animal. But Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, because of this, I'd say here's a clipboard, get used to it. You might not see playing time until 2021 because of this right now. Am I wrong? Uh, I think you might be wrong about Joe Burrow because I would put him into the driver's seat immediately. I mean, the, the Bengals really? need – a kick, a kick in the tail. I mean, this, they drafted this guy number one overall, and he's supposed to be the future of the franchise. He is somebody I would throw into the fire, but I 100% agree with you on, on Justin Herbert. He may be even too. Uh, I think that these guys would definitely benefit, especially with this unprecedented, unprecedented offseason like you were talking about. They would benefit from learning behind a veteran, taking your time, trying to go through the much as much as the offseason and preseason as they can into the regular season, just trying to get their feet wet. But when it comes to Joe Burrow, that's somebody who I'd probably throw in right away. I don't think – I got to tell you, Jordan, I don't think I would. Just because he's the number one overall pick, I, I that means I have time. And, and I know, hey, I'm, the, the general manager is different from the head coach. I'm looking at this from 30,000 feet like a, like a general manager might try or a fan GM might try. Head coach wants to win now, especially when he was 2-14 and 14 last year. But I'm thinking, by God, this type of offseason, you're going to take that rookie and throw him in there? You expect to win. I think it's – I think it might be too much too soon. 
I 100% understand your point. I, I, you're making great points. I understand why Thank they you. would try to hold off and, and, you know, make sure he doesn't burn out too quickly because they don't have a ton of talent, obviously, on that team. But, you know, when you brought up the coach and the general manager, Zach Taylor is like the one head coach that we still don't have uh, a feel on, right? We don't know if it was a great hire just because he knew Sean McVay once upon a time. He obviously didn't do much in his first season. So I guess maybe I'm being selfish. I'd like to see what he can do with his new franchise quarterback as soon as possible. Um, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Jordan Johnny joining us on the show. Give me a surprise team in the NFC and the AFC. Ooh. That's right. Yeah. The, for the AFC, I'm thinking about the Denver Broncos. I think they did a great job loading up on offensive talent. They even went out and got Drew Locke, the former college tight end, Albert O. I think has a lot of potential. If Drew Locke truly is the quarterback that we think he is heading into the future, the Denver Broncos might surprise some, some people. And, yes, I know that they were probably in uh, the toughest division in football. But uh, the Denver Broncos, to me, are, are a team to watch. Now, for the, for the NFC, I don't know if this is much of a, of a surprise team, but I am interested to see what the Philadelphia Eagles do. I feel like this is a great, great year for them coming up. I mean, I like what they did in the draft. I think they got better. Miles Sanders is a legitimate star. Hopefully Carson Wentz is finally back healthy. Or, of course, we could stay in that same division and go with the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I know a lot of people are high on them entering the season, and honestly, they probably should be because I think that the upgrade they made at head coach was the biggest thing for them. Talk about a guy who's actually been in the big games before, has that experience, took a year off uh, to study the game. The Dallas Cowboys are another team I have an eye on as well. I have an idea for no fans in the stadiums. You ready? Yes. CBS, they carry a regular feed on CBS, the regular good old standard CBS during their games, and then they have a uninterrupted, uncensored feed on CBS Sports Network. Fox does the same thing with Fox and FS1, ESPN with ESPN2, the whole shebang, just like they did the last dance. Your, uh, your thoughts? 100%, and you could monetize that as well. You could, you could get a subscription for that since FCC wouldn't be all excited about it, really. So yes. this is something that I've been saying for years. I feel like we should have that, uh, you know, we should be able to see everything unfiltered and hear everything unfiltered that goes down on, on the playing field, especially with no fans. And like, you, like I said, that's definitely something that could drive revenue as well. So I'm not, I love the idea. I love it. All right, Jordan, is there anything you wanted to get off your chest before I let you go? No, I had a great talk. I'm so glad that uh, you had me on today. Hope you had a great holiday. And uh, remember that all alcohol matters, truly matters. So uh, appreciate the time. Jordan, thank you for the time, buddy. All the best. Jordan Dijani, CBS Sports NFL writer. All right, people are getting in about that part. I'm going to get to the Joe Burrow thing coming up at 1. My buddy Matt Derry said he was listening to us on 97.1, the ticket up in Detroit. And, again, we thank the, the ticket for carrying us this afternoon. Somebody said, because we're talking, I brought up with Jordan about the White Claws. Somebody gets in, a.k.a. the new Zima. It, you know what? Some of you guys, like, listen, stop judging people by the booze they drink. I like what I like, you like what you like. It's the same thing with music. If I rip on a certain musical artist, it's just because I don't like them. Okay? I know that you may like them, and if you like them, that's okay. That's your thing. Like, I can't drink gin. I don't like gin. 
So you drink all the gin drinks you want to drink, and you have your gin bars, and you guys can wear your hats and, and, and have your, your handlebar mustaches and smoke your pipes and think you're better than me all you want. I'm just not into gin, okay? And I like regular old domestic beer, and I like bottom-shelf liquor. So I almost feel the same way Jordan does. I'm not gonna br- I'm not gonna go after Jordan because he's because he's drinking truly. I don't care if he drinks a truly. It's not it's no skin off my it's no hair off my ass if he drinks truly. It doesn't matter. What you like is what you like. And by the way, I've had a Zima. Zimas are quite good. I don't think I drink more than one. They become a little bit tart after a while. But if you want to have a Zima, if you want to have a truly. If you want to have a Guinness or have a dozen of them, if you're in some responsible form, go right on ahead. If you want to drink Pappy Van Winkle, whatever year it is, a thousand-year-old bourbon that costs $12,000 a bottle, you go right on ahead. Stop busting my ass because I like to drink a little bit old crow, all right? There's too much of this going on. There's too much alcohol shaming that goes on in this country. The 4th of July is the biggest example of that. So what, you have a couple of seltzers. Does it make you less of a man? I don't think so. I still hold Jordan in high regard as a man. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Up next, I think it's a bad idea what he just said. I love Jordan. I think it's a bad idea what he just said about the Bengals. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 